Save big money and start your spring project with help from Menards. We offer a huge selection of body plants, veggies, and herbs to plant at home and grow yourself. Right now, all four and a half inch Bonnie plants are on sale through May 5th. Head to the Menards Garden Center to get your garden growing and check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Vanessa Williams is exactly where she should be. Growing up, all she wanted to do was perform on stage. She's arguably the most successful Miss America in pageant history, despite a scandal that stripped her of a crown. The damage to her image and future career should have been devastating, but Vanessa wasn't going to allow herself to be defined by one painful event. Now, a Grammy-nominated recording artist, she's performed in dozens of hit films and television shows, and she's earned rave reviews for starring roles on Broadway. And she did it all while raising four children. The road was not easy, but well worth it. Everybody has a story, and there is something to be learned from every experience. Use your life as a class. This is Masterclass with Vanessa Williams. I was always really candid with my kids. I remember one time watching the news, I was cooking, and it talked about a hydroponic pot. And like, if you think the weed that you're smoking is what your kids are smoking, well, and that was like the topic. And I remember cooking, and uh, my two girls were in their time. I said, you know, by the way, when I was growing up, I, I, I smoked pot. And my kids were like, what? You smoke pot? And, and that we talked about pot. It's an opportunity to not just cast shame and, and guilt, but inform them so they can make their own decisions. And luckily, you know, they're, they're all pretty good. <laughs> With my generation and our elders of our generation, people didn't talk about the experiences that haunted them, that were disturbing. They were left unsaid. So there's a lot of mysteries, not only with my family, but with the African-American society, that we don't know a lot of, of the stories that, that had happened because of the fact that people don't talk about everything. And uh, I wanted to make sure that when I had my kids that they would know all of my experiences so they could understand who I am and what makes me tick so they can understand what made them who they are. Because, you know, knowledge is power. When you know what you're dealing with, you can have a sense, of, a sense of clarity. When people have issues, whether it's alcoholism or, or, or anger or resentment or depression, when your children know where that comes from, then they can be a lot more compassionate. One particular summer, going into fifth grade, a family friend of mine had a trip out to California, and um, I asked my parents if I could go along, and because I'd never been to California, we ended up staying with a family friend of theirs. They had a, a, an older daughter, and this older girl was one of the cool girls who would say, you know, uh, let's do this, let's do that, do you want to try a cigarette? One of those things where she made you want to feel like you were a grown-up, and that was her, what made her cool. And one night, she came into the room where my friend and I were, were uh, sleeping, and uh, she told me to lie down on the floor. And she took my bottoms off, and she said, be quiet, and she went down on me. And at 10 years old, 
I had no idea what it was, but I knew it felt good. And I knew I shouldn't be saying anything. And I didn't tell anyone. But I knew it, it felt good, but also something that was not supposed to be happening. Went back to New York, got off the plane, and I was a little conflicted and wanted to talk to my parents about it. And I walked off the jetway and I saw my dad's face and his face was gray and I just found out that his brother had died. And so that was a family drama. Never really talked to my dad about it and never kind of, kind of suppressed it. But at that young age, having that happen to you in your body, it awakens your sexuality at an age where it shouldn't be awakened. I think that had that not happened in my life and I had an opportunity to have, uh, you know, a normal courtship with a boyfriend at 16 or whatever and have your normal first kiss, there wouldn't have been that shame that was kind of always haunting me. But I think it made me more sexually promiscuous and, and more curious at a younger age than I should have been. I was brought up with two very different parents. My dad had a wonderful, loving family. He had siblings and grandparents and, and uncles that were all part of helping him be who he, he was. My mother grew up with a much different type of past, negativity, uh, survival, and struggle. So I have these two opposite, polar opposites of the past being wonderful and relishing it and the past being something that you want to run away from. My mother was, a, I would definitely say, an overachiever from a, uh, a house that expected a lot from her, but also had not a lot of support and a lot of abuse. And uh, she was kind of the first real performer in the family. She played piano and organ and viola. So she understood my love for the arts and my talent and helped to hone that. Music was a, a given for me since my parents we're both music teachers. I played piano and French horn and, you know, recorder and tried everything I could, and, uh, and that was always available. But she was tough because she came from a really tough background. And thank God I had my father to, to balance out what he brought from his loving background. And I look back and I see that it was the combination made me who I am. My, my dad would have been happy if I wanted to do anything. My mother saw the potential. My mother was the one that I think was impressed and definitely knew that there was an opportunity to have a career there. She was the one that saw the ascension to what I wanted to ultimately do. I was a junior in college, uh, going into my junior year at Syracuse University, and I was kind of uh, tapped to um, be in the Miss Greater Syracuse pageant, which I blew off. Time and time again, I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do it. Then I ended up winning Syracuse, New York, and Miss America in September within six months period of time. We have a whole week of competition. So it was a Wednesday night I won swimsuit, uh, and then Friday night I won talent. So I had a pretty good shot of being in the top ten. I sang a song that was easy for me. You know, I majored in musical theater, so it wasn't like I had to come up with an act. So I just basically was there to have a good time. I really did not think that I would win because I didn't think that it was the time. You know, there'd never been a Black Miss America, so why would it be this year? If so, possibly I knew that I had what it took, but I didn't think they'd actually go for it. When I was crowned Miss America, going down the long runway, I saw 
my parents, my grandma, my, my family and my crew, the New York State contingent, freaking out and crying. When I made that turn back, that's when I said, wow, I've done something here that I never thought I'd be able to chance to do in my lifetime. So that's kind of when it hit me that I knew that I had made history and that this was pretty important. Then I felt the backlash of the Klan and people who were white supremacists and hearing that there were death threats of white people that did not feel that a black person should be Miss America. It was a very um, direct uh, affront and a wake-up call that racism was alive and well. And, you know, from there, my parents had to contact the FBI because I was getting death threats. My family was getting death threats. I would do appearances where they would have sharpshooters on, on tops of buildings. One of the parades that I was in in the South, where Miss America normally would be on top of a convertible, they had to put me inside in a hard top because they just didn't know. They just didn't know. But then, probably more hurtful was African-Americans saying, well, the only reason she won was because she's light-skinned and she's got light eyes and therefore it's not really a victory. That's what hurt because I'm just who I am and I won because of who I am and I would hope that this would be a collective triumph and in fact, I couldn't please everybody. My own people, it's not good enough. I remember coming home for the first time close to Thanksgiving time and saying to my, my dad, I don't know if I can do this anymore. It's exhausting and nobody likes me. Nobody, it doesn't make any difference who I am and what I'm doing. I'm working hard, but everybody's against me. And he said, well, this is what happened. This is your job and you've got, to, you've got responsibility. You got to continue. And that's what I had to do. When I was crowned Miss America, I was 20 years old and you have a press conference the next day. And there is no, this is what our platform is, and this is what you have to say. So I was who I was. I was asked whether it's pro-choice. I said, yeah. I was raised Catholic. But I'm not going to force what my personal feelings are on anyone else. I was asked if I was pro-ERA. Yeah, because women should be getting paid exactly what men sh should be paid. I guess maybe those questions weren't asked before. But it made another big hoopla because all of a sudden it was a Miss America that had an opinion and wasn't afraid to speak an opinion. So that was, you know, being thrown right out there on day two. And I'm kind of transparent. I say what I feel. Everyone has a different experience, but we all have the right to do what we want to do. Save big money in your next project with help from Menards. Move water where you need it quickly with a Barracuda sump pump. Some pumps keep your basement dry when big storms hit unexpectedly. Get a half-horsepower cast-iron Barracuda sump pump on sale now through May 5th. Hurry into Menards and don't forget to check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. So at this time, I had sung at the national anthem on, you know, the USS Intrepid. I had dinner at the White House, met the Reagans, had amazing opportunities at 20 to 21 years old. I got a phone call. I was doing an interview for The Post about Geraldine Ferraro, who is running as the first female VP uh, candidate. And I remember saying, I think it's fantastic and, you know, women rule and it's wonderful and big fan of hers. And I think she'll do a great job. And 
right before I was about to hang up, the uh, interviewer said, oh, by the way, I heard from a very reliable source that they're doing a, a piece on you in Penthouse Magazine in September. Is it true? Do you have any comment? I said, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, okay, then I won't print it. What happened was one particular summer, I was working for a um, photographer, and he said, listen, you know, you're beautiful. Do you mind if I do some photos of you? No one will see them. I agree. Then, you know what? Uh, I've got a friend. Can she come over? I'd like to do some black and white shots in, in silhouette. No one will see you. Fine, fine. And again, after I've worked there and, and feel quite comfortable and trust that no one's ever going to see these photos. The following year, I win Miss America. Meanwhile, after I win Miss America, this photographer, he ended up going from magazine to magazine. He went to, to Playboy. Playboy said they wouldn't buy them, these photos. And he ended up going to Penthouse, and Penthouse said, sure, we'll do it. And ended up publishing them with six weeks left in my reign. My biggest, probably, fear was to tell my parents, because you don't want to disappoint your parents. Once I knew that it was a reality, and I called them into my hotel room, and they said, okay, we love you. I knew that they were in my corner. I knew that they support me, and I knew that we'd get through it. So I ended up having a press conference, resigning. Not only was that something that has never happened within the pageant organization, it was this huge dichotomy, and it couldn't be any more polar opposite of two images. You've, you've got Miss America, who is angelic, and you've got naked pictures, which is salacious. So I ended up going into a lawsuit against Pentas Magazine. And while you're, you know, you have to do a deposition and your, your lawyers are talking to you about the trial, and this might come up. And he said, uh, by the way, have you ever been with another woman? I said, well, when I was 10 years old, I guess I was molested by uh, an older girl. He said, well, that's going to come out in the trial. So I just want you to know that expect for that to come up. And once I knew that not only it's not going to be just about the pictures and Miss America, but it was going to be everything about my life. That's when I said, you know what? I'm done. I don't want to fight. I want to get my life back. I just want to move on. And uh, it wasn't up until recently that I told my mom that that was really the reason why I dropped the lawsuit. People assume that if you're a beauty queen, you've done it your entire life. You've been in Little Miss this, Little Miss that. Your goal was to be Miss America. And now what are you going to do with your life because your dreams have been shattered. My dream was still to pursue Broadway. I was seen as a tarnished beauty queen and trying to make as an actress, but not being judged was impossible because I walk into the room and people are going to judge you. I had an audition for a Broadway show to replace Twiggy in my one and only with Tommy Toon. Learned the Gershwin music, got to the theater, did the audition, knew I nailed it. They said, over my dead body will that whore be in the show. Obviously, I didn't hear those exact words that day until later on, but I found out that I didn't get the part. I knew that I was right for it. And I said, okay, wow, what I wanted, what I know that I can do and what I want to do might not happen at this point in time. But I knew I couldn't give up. So I knew it was somewhere there, but it's going to take a while to get there. And it took me 10 years to finally get back on Broadway to star and Kiss the Spider-Woman in 1994, which gave me a chance to do what I do and shine the way I needed to do it, to sing and dance and act and do what I was meant to do. I learned that you can't be resentful, and I much rather 
forgive, accept, be cognizant and do the best that I can and move on because the past is the past. And when you reach your final goal and it's out of love and strength, you've won and you don't care what anyone else says. After the nude photo scandal, Vanessa found acting opportunities scarce. Not one to back down, she needed to do something to salvage her career. Just like becoming Miss America wasn't something she planned on doing, being a recording artist wasn't either. It turned out to be just what she needed to make a comeback. Being a recording artist is one of those things that was a way for me to be able to control my career and my life. So you've got a lot of first impressions that you need to get rid of when you walk into a room as an actress. And it was extremely frustrating. And my husband at the time, who was my publicist, said, you know what, you should probably try to record because you can sing what you want, work with who you want, and control your own image. I never thought in my life I'd record. I mean, doing musical theater on Broadway is one thing, but I never thought I'd hear myself on the radio. There were a lot of people that did not want to work with me. Again, the same preconceived notions. Well, she can't really be talented. Well, it's just going to be a one-hit one wonder. Who's going to really think that she's got a career? And there were a lot of people that turned me down. But the people that gave me an opportunity, uh, Ed Eckstein, who signed me to, to Wing Records back in the day, he knew that I wasn't a novelty act. He knew that there was talent. He knew that I could go into a recording studio and read music and know what I'm talking about and had experience. And between Ed and Ramon, my, my uh, husband at the time, you know, we were the magic triangle that got things going. You know, they would come up with the plan, make the music, do the marketing, and I would deliver. I just feel grateful that the black community picked me up. The black community was the first people to buy my albums and to say that we're here. I remember getting up, accepting the award and turning around, and I see Ella Fitzgerald clapping and and getting emotional about my, my winning back in 1988. And this is one of my, my idols. I knew that it meant a lot to a lot of different people in a lot of different age ranges because of their own past experiences. Them having to not be able to use the front door in an establishment because they had to go through the kitchen in order to perform. Lena Horne, Ella Fitzgerald, all the people that uh, were performers that couldn't be seen the way I got an opportunity to be seen. Uh, and their collective journeys were seen in my success. And that meant the world to me. Having my first Grammy nomination was uh, pretty extraordinary, considering, you know, the Tony nomination is what I wanted. And I here I was getting a Grammy nomination, and I ended up getting 11 Grammy nominations over my, my body of work, which was fantastic. So again, it's a, it's a matter of working, but surrendering to, okay, this is, this, is, this is happening, and now let's see what direction we can go to. When I worked with Arnold, it was a fantastic opportunity because I got a chance to not only do an action adventure with such a huge star, but also it helped launch my career as a film star. I wasn't a bona fide movie star at that point. I was a recording artist, so labeled as that. He said, you know, we have a lot in common because we were both perceived for our physicality. He was Miss Universe, I was Miss America. Both images negated any kind of talent. 
any real um, success, but just being seen as an object. So we immediately, I think, felt in tune. It's interesting when you see that everybody is human. And I think everyone wants to prove that they can do it, that they're worthy, that they're, they deserve it. No matter what field you are, you, you want to know that I nailed that or I'll show you. And that's always been kind of my mantra. When the dust will settle, I'll show you. And you know, when people say, I never knew you could do, well, you, you didn't because you didn't give me opportunity and now you know. So that's why I say success is the sweetest revenge. Back in the day, in the 30s, 40s, an artist was expected to do a bunch of things. Frank Sinatra sang. He also starred in amazing movies. He also recorded albums. He also could dance. Same thing with Lena Horne and Jerry Lewis. You know, artists were expected to do a myriad of things. They were expected to have a wealth of talent. Then I think people started to pigeonhole, well, you can only be a recording artist, you can only be an actress, you can only be a Broadway star. But I think that, I think it's changing again. Now people see that, you know, LL Cool J is doing NCIS and he was a rapper. Queen Latifah is hosting a talk show and she was a female rapper. I think people are more open to allowing an artist to flex their muscles and do a lot of different things as opposed to just pigeonholing an artist. So if I helped break that mold, yay. But I think that it was definitely people that were uh, before me that were the ones that informed me. You have to be willing to push your boundaries. Uh, push your boundaries to something that you can envision yourself doing. I'm not saying do anything that is offered to you, but when you're afraid, that's when, that's when it's good because that's when you're challenging yourself. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. You know, I've been asked, what do I like better, stage or film or whatever? I like to see, to move people. So if I'm doing Ugly Betty, I can get one person to giggle holding the boom, I know that I've nailed it. Whether I'm singing Save the Best for Last and I see people crying, waving back and forth because that was their wedding song or their prom song and I see them visibly moved, I go, okay, I, I've, I've done it. And I feel like, you know, I'm kind of an interpreter. Uh, whether it's my body as a dancer, whether it's my voice as a singer, or whether it's my emotion as an actress. So I'm always one for being able to push the boundaries and then you look back and say, I did it. Wow, that was awesome. I love television roles, I love film, I love performing my own music, but there's nothing like musical theater. I get a chance to lose myself in a character and be with an ensemble. That to me is the best. You can't fake it on Broadway. You walk out and you have presence or you don't. You're prepared or you don't. You nail it or you, don't. you fall flat. People know when you're phoning it in. People know when you're not genuine. And it's like a truth serum. Being on stage and what most people, once they have a theater experience, say, wow, this is hard. You have to show up on time and you have to be prepared. You can't go out on stage and not know your lines and not know your blocking. Uh, other people depend on you. 
every night, eight shows a week. So whether it's a lift, whether it's a look, whether it's a handhold, or, or whether it's a, a prompt, it's a, it's a collaborative community experience. So I think having a great work ethic is key in life, applying yourself to whatever you're doing. Just do the best, show up. 90% of it is just showing up. When you look at relationships, you gotta figure out what kind of person you are. I'm a romantic. I like having a, a partner. I like being married. I like being a mom. That's who I am. I've had some wonderful opportunities to obviously create four amazing kids, but to know who I am as a romantic, uh, I give my whole heart. And when you give your whole heart, you get hurt because that's the, that's the dare, that's the, that's the danger that happens when you don't guard it. But that's how I live. I want to give my whole heart. I want to thoroughly enjoy everything that happens with me in a relationship. When I feel, I feel deeply, uh, but I move through, whether it's pain, whether it's transition. When you talk about divorce, it's the death of a marriage. So you're going through the same process that you do with the death of a person. First, you're in shock. Then you go to the denial, well, this can't happen. And then you have to accept, okay, it's over. If someone doesn't want to be married to me, then I want somebody who wants to be married to me. And you have to deal with that realization. And then once you deal with all that, then you can move through and say, okay, well, you know what? Maybe there's somebody that's going to be on the same page. Maybe not. But it's my time to relax, explore, and see what comes. There was one point after I had divorced for the second time that I had one ex-husband living downstairs and one ex-husband living in the guest room while the kids were all still in the house. And it got so comfortable that the two ex-husbands took the kids skiing together while I was shooting in Miami alone. <laughs> but it's necessary for me to not have my kids freak out when mom and dad are in the same room. I didn't want that tension of like after we had split up that, oh my God, there's gonna be drama. Because you hear that so many times. And you have to get over the, the resentment and the anger uh, and again, the dream not happening. It's, it's important for your health and it's important for the health of your kids. And the other thing is that they're good guys. My ex-husbands are good guys. They made wonderful children that I love, that I'm so blessed that I uh, had an opportunity to, to give birth to four, four children, but they're good guys. They might not have been great husbands at certain times. It might not have been meant to be, but we were great partners at times, and that doesn't change who they are. There's no reason to cut them out of my life and out of the kid's life. I've had to sacrifice more career advancement than than anything, I've given up a lot of things because I was pregnant or had kids. That was my priority. And I was able to squeeze in a career as much as I could while I raised my children. So I have no regrets about opportunities that have been brought to me. There was one offer that I got to do Monsters Ball and I had just given birth to Sasha. I knew that it was a, a riveting script. Halle Berry ended up winning the Academy Award for it, but I just had a baby. And I was like, I am not getting naked in front of a crew of people at this time. 
my kids were at a young age and I didn't want that type of role at that particular point to be out there because I thought it would be too difficult. So that was a decision that I made. I saw her win the Academy Award. I was happy for her. But given a different set of circumstances, I might have done that role. So there are a lot of things that I've decided and opted not to do. But I do what I do, and I make the choices that I do, and I'm happy where I am. Aging in Hollywood is tough because you're dealing with your image. That's what you're selling. That's the first thing that people see, and then you allow your talent to come through. That's the wonderful thing about theater. You know, it doesn't matter if you've got a wrinkle because people are so far back that they can't see that close, but also it's about the work and your acting ability and making that moment on stage as real and as interesting as possible. So that's why, you know, Cicely Tyson can star on Broadway at her advanced age, and it doesn't matter how old she is, it's her performance that makes you laugh and cry and want to see it again and again. So I know that, that I've got that for the rest of my life. You know, I see Angela Lansbury, I see James Joel Jones, Elaine Stritch. These people are working well into their 80s. So I know that that's always somewhere that I will find a home. Being in front of the camera, on the other hand, <laughs> is another story. But I also think that women are uh, a lot more active in producing and writing. So they're not so caught up in the slickness or the youth of uh, what the character might be, but does it move me? Is it compelling? And I think that we've seen more success of strong female characters, especially on television, that have really opened up within the past 10 years. You know, Glenn Close, Juliana Margulies, Kerry Washington right now is number one on the call sheet in a network television series. And it's about her. And uh, as long as people tune in, you'll see more aging women. Uh, not, not that Carrie's aging, but, but more women in power because people are excited by it. I think that's fantastic. One symbol that works for me in terms of being resilient is the image of a tree. No matter whether there's rain or sleet or hail or wind blowing, it doesn't change the makeup of the tree. It might break a couple of branches, but it's still the same components. It's still the bark and the, the makings of a tree. And that's what having things happen to you in life does. It doesn't change who you are in terms of your talent, your intellect, and it's up to you to grow, learn, and not make the same mistakes again. Then the question is, are there mistakes? I mean, are there really mistakes or were those lessons that were meant to be and choices that you knew not to make and not listening to your gut and you knew what the outcome was? I mean, that's all looking back, having lived life and being able to, to see how you finagle and, and go through life. You know, I think we're, especially as a mom, you see four kids that I've had and you see how different they are from the beginning whether one's a crier, whether one's a, a self-soother, whether one is completely Buddha and Zen and can get along with everything. And you have to recognize who you are when you come into the world and just make the best of it that you can. You, you got to make a go of it. Oh, I so believe that. And it's so powerful. Are mistakes really mistakes or just opportunities for us to be moved in another direction? and to learn. I love how honest and open Vanessa is about her past and how those moments made her 
all that she is. As she says, success comes from giving your whole heart, and sometimes it's the best revenge. And that is why Vanessa Williams is a master. I think I'm a person of great faith and spirit. I always thank the Lord for everything that has been given to me, of course, my, my beautiful family. But I also ask for guidance. Show me the way. Give me a sign. I'll follow it. Just show it to me. And it always comes. It always shows up. When you are aware, when you look for it, even when you're not looking for it, it's having that sense of faith and optimism and security, knowing that things will be all right. And I think that's always been part of my life, always being full of gratitude that everything, whether it's tragic or, or, or tough, has always still allowed me to have a life that uh, I love and that I'm appreciative and I'm still living. That's my big thank you. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Masterclass, the podcast. You can follow Masterclass on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't already, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Masterclass podcast. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30.